0: Last night, the Brewers, one of the hottest teams in the majors, falls to another hot team in the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, A little, uh, as Nellie said, a tale of uh, two different kind of uh, um,
1: games, I would say.
0: Games for Eric Lauer, the Brewers' starting pitcher, but it was the rookie for the Reds, Vladimir Gutierrez, who just the second time in less than a week. Bested the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are 0 and 2 against Gutierrez. 9 and 0 against everyone else in their last 11 games. Don't really understand it. But
1: hey, that's baseball, right, Rowdy? Well, yeah, and it's it's kind of weird too because normally when you have a young pitcher that no one's really seen before, if he comes out and looks really really good the first time, aka last week, <laughs> normally big league hitters make adjustments, and the second time around, they normally hit him decently well. Well, that just wasn't the case for the Milwaukee Brewers last night because they didn't really get to Gutierrez at all.
0: Uh, Daniel Vogelback said, you have to give credit where credit is due. Now, Dan the man, Danimal, he did hit a home run in the first inning, but uh, he says that's two games in a row that he's made it real tough on us. He has a really good fastball and he throws a curveball for a strike when he wants to. He's just a guy in a
1: groove right now who's doing what he wants on the mound. But I think the bigger thing was at, at one point going into the sixth inning or yeah, heading into the seventh inning, it was still four to two and, and you had officially gotten in to the Cincinnati bullpen. So now it's a four, two game with three innings left and it's your bullpen versus the worst bullpen in the league. And we had talked about how over the last (laughs) week or so, the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen had climbed out of the bottom ten and was getting closer to middle of the pack.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> they did nothing to help that cause yesterday yeah. because, again, they got a, their bullpen gave up six runs to Cincinnati's two. And when you look at uh, some of the relievers for the Reds that came in, and the Brewers were unable to score against ERAs that were nearly six, ERAs that were nearly nine. Yeah,
0: and then it was uh, Joey Votto what, taking Eric Yardley. Yard.
1: Yeah, that was gone in like one second.
0: Joey Votto is – he's the man. Joey Votto is a really good baseball player. Um, But Rowdy, speaking of that Brewers bullpen, though, uh, Hunter Strickland, he made his uh, Brewers debut, a scoreless eighth, and he was activated a day earlier optioned uh, with a uh, Patrick Weigel to AAA Nashville. In comes Strickland, who the Brewers acquired on Saturday for cash from the Angels. That's a nice little addition to that bullpen, isn't it? If you hope he gets uh, – I mean, not his Angels, uh, what he did this season, but before that with the Rays, correct? Well, he was with the Rays, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. and Hunter yeah. Strickland actually threw the ball pretty well. I mean, he was throwing uh, – he had decent velocity. He was throwing his breaking ball for strikes. I mean, y- you can look at his line. He had one inning, yeah. gave up just one hit. He
0: 14 strikes on 18 pitches. He
1: was by far the best relie- He looked the best reliever of the three that pitched, but um, that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric Yardley, yikes. Well, then um, good news on the injury front. No, wait, before I do that, though, RJ, speaking of guys that are qualified with bats. Three. It, it was four, correct?
1: Well, it was six at one point. Oh! Yeah, but they like spread around the baseball to everybody. So,
0: Well, how about this? Colton Wong took batting practice on the field as he works his way back from that oblique strain. Yeah, He's been on that IL, uh, uh, let's see, since June 4th, so we could see Colton Wong back, Rowdy. As... They're
1: expecting him back Thursday for the road trip. Yes,
0: yes. So then Luis Urias is what? Full-time third baseman coming up?
1: You'd have to imagine because I think especially with Shaw separating his shoulder. Urias was third base last night. Trotting Reyes, and Peterson out there. Yeah. I yeah. think I would rather play Arias over either a Peterson, a Reyes, or even a Robertson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. I, I yeah. don't even
1: really think that's a discussion.
0: No. 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 I don't think yeah, it is. Mm, Yeah. All right. So uh, tonight, then, who is uh, is it uh, Anderson up for the
1: Brewers 710 uh, yep. tonight? Left hander, Brett Anderson. All right. Let's so he Anderson's up have to there. Bunt. Yeah. What'd you say? I said, let's hope he doesn't have to bunt. <laughs> Well, I hey, the Brewers have changed things now. They're starting to bunt more. Hey, he yeah. is he you is just, by you, far he, talked about his last bunt attempt. Yeah, Brett bad. Anderson is by far the worst hitting pitcher on the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. the Brewers swing the bats pretty well with uh, their. Starting pitchers, he sure do. Hell, look at uh, Corbin Burns on Saturday. You got he couldn't do it on the mound that
0: well. <laughs> well it was rare, rare for him. But hey, you got it done with the bat. A little look bit. at Eric and Lauer last night. A, yeah, Eric Lauer, Lauer did. Sack look at uh, we never forget Brandon Woodruff. I know it was a few years ago, but taking Clayton
1: Kershaw yard. Well, NLCS. <laughs> name the starting pitchers that have home runs in their career for the Milwaukee Brewers. Brandon Woodruff, um, Corbin Burns. Are we talking about Lauer? Like on the rotation right now? Yeah. Oh. Does Anderson? No. It's, no. You have, it's Woodruff, you Burns, Lauer, Lauer, and Hauser. Oh, yeah, Hauser, Duff. Irvine, Hauser. Sorry, sorry, Adrian. forgot about you. <laughs> four out of their, right now with the six-man rotation that they're going with, that's four out of the six. Remember at one point in the season, all those
0: pitchers had more home runs than like Christian Yelich and uh, Kesson Hero combined or something like that? They had more <laughs>
1: RBIs than, than
2: ERA.
0: <laughs> uh, Brewer's still in first place. Um, this is the month that they could really make some distance or separate themselves from the rest of the pack, but the freaking Chicago Cubs keep winning.
1: They lost yesterday. Um... Yeah, Still that's tied. the only time. That's the only time the Cubs have lost in the last couple of weeks is when the Still Brewers lose. Still tied and own the tiebreaker. If the season ended today, hey,
0: uh, yeah, the Mets do beat the Cubs last night five to two. But when the Brewers win, the Cubs win. When the when the freaking Brewers lose, the Cubs lose. Hey, they'll on, see bruh.
1: the they'll see the Chicago Cubs though.
0: End of the month, right? End, End of month. the month in Miller Park or American Family Field. Only team that uh, has got an above five hundred record, right? That'll play against the Brewers this month. Yep.
1: Come on, bro! Oh, except for the Cincinnati Reds now, since they've oh uh, yeah that's true they've now uh, crossed that five hundred line.
0: Reds are hot. Reds are hot. Brewers and Reds both eight and two of their last ten. As yeah, Reds are thirty three and thirty one. Brewers sitting at uh, thirty eight and twenty. But it's
1: all about winning series, and now you have another left handed pitcher. Because the weirdest part is the Cincinnati Reds. They're a good hitting team, obviously terrible pitching team, <laughs> obviously the worst bullpen in baseball, but. They struggle against left-handed pitching, except for if it's a left-handed pitcher that wears a Milwaukee Brewers uniform. Yeah. (laughs) Because every single time in the last month that they've played the Milwaukee Brewers where the Milwaukee Brewers have had a left-handed pitcher on the mound, the Cincinnati Reds have won the game. And they've scored a decent amount of runs in that game, which is completely against all of their averages for the season. So hopefully Anderson, being a left-handed pitcher, can turn that around, and then Freddie Peralta can... uh, Obviously, spin a good game in the last game of the series because st- they're still not a great team. What? They're little above 500, the Reds, that is? Yeah, two games. But it's all about winning the series. Yep.
0: Got to take two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad, right, Rowdy? Both teams now, the Reds and the Brewers, uh, eight and two in their last 10. Brewers, one of the hottest teams in baseball. And how they're doing it is obviously by starting pitching. Uh, the pitching has been phenomenal uh, outside of kind of a last night. The bullpen uh, over the weekend, phenomenal. Yesterday, the bullpen. Ooh, Eric Yardley. Why? Real quick before we get into this All Star ballot, why is Eric Yardley still on this uh, team? Like, does he got like dirt on somebody?
1: I I honestly don't have a good answer for you because he, he dirt on somebody? He threw the ball well for the Brewers in twenty twenty, but that was two ga- or two months. Yeah, we we've the Milwaukee games. Brewers have already played more games this year. And we're in the middle of June than they did all of last year for Mm -hmm. their entire season. He threw the ball well for those two months, but he came to spring training and got absolutely annihilated. (laughs) And then he came into the regular season in the bullpen, got hit hard, went on the IL, and since he's come back, continues to get hit hard. It, yeah, I don't have a good answer for you because the thing with the Milwaukee Brewers and their bullpen, it's not that they have an arm issue; they have a ton of different arms. It's that they have a quality issue because you have Josh Hader, you have Devin Williams, and you have Brad Boxberger, who you feel confident in. <coughs> Excuse me. Then outside of that, it gets a little shaky. It's a little iffy. Now, Trevor Trevor Richards, since coming over. In that trade with the Rays, has thrown the ball pretty well. Mm -hmm. You have some guys that have thrown the ball decently well here and there, but you have a lot of guys that have been pretty underwhelming. So Hunter Strickland was acquired for cash over the weekend
0: from the Angels. He appears last night, one inning of work. He threw eighteen pitches, fourteen strikes. Um, He was he was he was money. Like it was a scoreless inning for him. Is Hunter Strickland? I mean, what's how much are we expecting Hunter Strickland to affect the bullpen?
1: Hunter Strickland better than Yardley. <laughs> Hunter Strickland is kind of like what Brad Boxberger was coming into this year. Guys that have that are a little older, you know, they're in their 30s. Yeah. And it's where they start to slow down a little bit where they might have to reinvent themselves from what they used to be when they were younger, mm-hmm. when they might have had a little bit more velocity. But uh you look at Strickland and Boxberger. Both have had a lot of success in the past. I mean, Boxberger was an all-star as a closer for the Miami Marlins. Yep. He's kind of refound it this year where it had been a couple years to where he was really pitching at that same level. Same thing with Strickland. He hasn't looked like the Hunter Strickland everyone thinks of with the San Francisco Giants well, since was like, like 2018. So it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a bit. But if at the very least it creates depth, which adds arms – Which is a good thing. Which, if you're going to your bullpen a decent amount in certain starts, that's going to help. And it's a a low risk. Low risk, high reward, right? For a high reward if he finds himself again. Because Brad Boxberger, all of a sudden, he looks like he's found it again. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he was a cheap option. He was a minor league deal, if I remember correctly.
0: And David Stearns, I mean, David Stearns, that's kind of where his bread, not kind of, it is where his bread is buttered, right? He's finding these guys that... Um, I won't say people are giving up on them, but finding these guys that are lower-level deals and that maybe you know he sees something in them, right? And all of a sudden, if he gives them a chance, they come and they flourish. And you're not going to hit on all of them. That's not going to happen. But David Stearns, the adage is, in Stearns, we trust, we're still under that
1: belief. Yeah, and basically, since uh, David Stearns has been there, the Milwaukee Brewers have been able to put together pretty decent bullpens for... Pretty much every single season. I would say this is probably the worst season that they've had for bullpens. Yes. And the other part about that is like what you kind of said. He's been able to find some of these veterans that some teams might not necessarily want because they've had their better seasons in the past. And all of a sudden they turn back the clocks from a season they had four years ago and they look like that pitcher again. Look at uh, David Phelps last year. Mm-hmm. Remember, they ended up dealing him at the trade deadline. Yeah, But uh, that was a guy that had had good seasons in the past, hadn't had a good season in a couple of years and turned it around with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers have done that with a lot of different pitchers, especially when it's uh, been bullpen help. And, and I, I think at this point, you've seen how they've acquired pitching in these trades, whether it be Trevor uh, Richards, whether it be. Uh, Patrick Weigel or Chad Sabadka, which you, no one has seen yet because he hasn't been he has thrown in the big leagues yet. Yeah. But they've acquired some of these guys, whether it be the Hunter Stricklands. And I think at, at the end of the year, you'll have seen all of them. <laughs> and what they're going to be doing is basically rotating these guys and seeing kind of who sticks and who doesn't. Yeah, Because if you continue to have Eric Yardley's in these bullpens, I mean, the, Yard is in his name.
0: Batters go Yard. Yard is in Eric Yardley's name. It's just, it's not a recipe Like, there has to
1: be a better option out there.
0: There, ha- You'd think, right? Uh, 608-321-1670. Twitter is at Zone Madison. Brewers had a Facebook post yesterday. Uh, essentially, I wouldn't say begging, but yeah, begging for people to vote uh, for All-Stars. All right, so, Rowdy, the Milwaukee Brewers have this Facebook post uh, yesterday, 19 hours ago today. It goes... <clears throat> Brewers fans, we're not mad, just disappointed. None of our players are in the top five for all-star voting. We know you have it in you. Get voting. Now, Rowdy, real quick, just to clear the air. People are like, what do you mean they don't have any all-stars? Haven't you seen what Corbin Burns has been doing? Haven't you seen what Brandon Woodruff has been doing? Haven't you seen what Freddy Peralta has been doing? Didn't Josh Hader just get his 17th save the other night? Rowdy, we can't vote for pitchers, though, correct? Nope. Those are selected by the manager. So if you're wondering why they're begging for all-star votes, that's because you can't vote for pitchers. And every team's got to have at least one all-star. Exactly. So my question, who the hell's an all-star in the Milwaukee Brewers?
1: And my simple simple answer outside of the pitchers, which you can't vote for, is probably none. (laughs) Willie Adamas? I mean, who would be the closest? I I mean, you're suggesting Willie Adamas right now, who was batting 197 before he came over here, and he's been here for three and a half weeks. He's been a beast for the Brewers, though, hasn't he not? like He's been the guy making the stir in the Brewers' stick. The sticks are in the Brewers, I mean the drink i mean that's just sad that you're trying to to base an all-star on a guy that's played well for three and a half weeks in a in a it's almost been three months all right um so when you look at the milwaukee brewers like who am i supposed to vote for i told you i got that that uh notification kind of saying the same thing but i believe it was like about a week ago yeah and they said make sure to vote for christian yelich avisel garcia And Omar Nervais, and I think there was one more. But remember when we were having the discussions about some of the Milwaukee Brewers and some of the players that even qualified for Mm at-bats? And it's hard to find. And then not only is it hard to find, but it's hard to find anyone that's really been playing well that qualifies. Mm -hmm. Like it was uh, Bradley Jr. who was below 160. It was Travis Shaw at the time who was below 200. Jackie Bradley Jr. right now is betting 156. Yeah, and Shaw was in the 190s, I think. Yeah, 190s, and now he's on the 60-day. And then it was Avisel Garcia. He's betting 237. And then Luis Urias, who is below 230. He's betting 227. So, like, there's not a ton to go around, but when you look at some of the better players for the Milwaukee Brewers this year, Willie Damas hasn't been there long enough, hasn't played well enough the entire season. Same thing with Urias. You look at nobody... In center field has played well enough for any type of vote, <laughs> and Christian Yelich has not played played to an all star no, level no. or been healthy.
0: So I mean I'm looking at the Brewers graphic right now. They uh, they say vote Brewers all star voting is now open, and on the graphic is Avi Garcia. There is Omar Narvaez. There is Christian Yelich, and um, I think Willie Adamas is on there. I'm I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I. I don't know who to vote for, and
1: then I go and look at the voting. There's no Brewer to be found on any position. And then you you look down at some of the guys at the positions that are in the voting and and where they are ranked right now. Oh, sorry. There's Colton Wong. Colton Wong is on there. A- he hasn't been healthy. No, he's not healthy
0: though. But he has he, been he's on the IL twice. He's he doesn't he's not in the top five, but he is there on second base. At least I found a player that's getting some votes here. To to crack the
1: top. I think, to be completely honest, the only... So I'm a guy that I hate. I absolutely hate with the fan vote. Because do you remember... Was that seven-ish years ago? Where the Kansas City Royals almost had the entire um, (laughs) AL All-Star team because the fans were were just ripping it. Yeah, I do. It was was like Mike Trout and the Kansas City Royals. Yes. You're like, come on, bro. I think it's ridiculous when... when, uh, fans vote like that because it's just simply not true. And now I, I know it's not 100% of the vote isn't by the fans. But when I fill it out, I fill it out how I think or like, who I think is actually an all-star. Yeah. It, just because Christian Yelich is on there doesn't mean you're going to vote for it him. It does not mean I'm going to vote for him.
0: All right, so let me ask you. I'm looking here at the NL, and they do give a tracker of uh, who's you know one, two, and three indicate standings as of it uh, hasn't been updated today yet, but they have the standings of who is now uh, in the lead for each position. And first base, by the way, is Jesus Aguilar going to be an all-star? Like uh, He's not top three, but is he
1: going to be an all-star? Like, yeah, he's not top three in the voting, but when you purely look at his numbers, he should be a top three option. So
0: at first base right now, leading the way, number one is Max Muncy, number two is Freddie Freeman, and number three is Anthony Rizzo. Get any complaints of that? By the way, there's no one on the Brewers who is even worth – <laughs> I mean, Dan the Man, Daniel Vogelback, it is did another even, dinger last did night. Did they but. even
1: uh, put uh, Hira on the list to no. vote for? No. No, they shouldn't.
0: Hey, former Madison Mallard Pete Alonzo is on there. Oh, no, no. Oh, there he is. I take it back. Dan the Man is on there. There is Daniel Vogelback, Seventh home run last night, 15 RBIs. I mean, you could 222 be, average OPS of 758.
1: Obviously, without the name or really the, the team power, being a Miami Marlin and Jesus Aguilar, you could really argue that he could easily be second purely based on statistics at first base. We're looking
0: at uh, L.A. Dodger, a Chicago Cub, and an Atlanta Brave. Definitely some major market in full effect. A second base. You have, um, let's see here, Adam Frazier's up there, Gavin Lux, and uh, Ozzie from... um, Ozzie Albies. From uh, the Braves. He's first place, Albies. I don't see... There's Colton Wong. Colton Wong just
1: hasn't been healthy enough. He hasn't been there. Uh, If Colton Wong was healthier, he'd probably be in that in that list.
0: And here you go up next for third base. Chris Bryant leads the way at number one. Nolan Arenado is number two. And number three is Justin Turner. Travis Shaw is on the list, but he's
1: he don't need to say where he's at. Yeah, he's he probably doesn't even poll in the top eight. Yeah.
0: And then up but uh, <laughs> shortstop, uh Willie Adamas is on the list. I would vote for I would vote for Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas has been crushing for the Milwaukee Brewers. But number one, no doubt about it, Fernando Tatis Jr., then Javier Baez. And then number three is Corey Seeger. Uh catcher. You're going with, right now in the NL, Buster Posey is number one, Yadier Molina number two, and Wilson Contreras is number three. Wilson uh, Contreras. Uh, let's see here. Well, uh, Omar Narvaez is on the list.
1: I could consider. Could you consider voting for Narvaez? He's batting 315. That was the one guy that I was going to bring up. To be completely honest with you, if I had to v- vote purely off of their performance, the only guy for the Milwaukee Brewers at their position I'm going to put in the top three is Omar Nervias because I think he should slot in at number three for all-star catching behind Posey and Molina, and then uh, we'll come back to it. But number one in the outfield, Ronald Cunha Jr.
0: He's there. Uh, Castellanos is there. Um, Bryce Harper, Marte. There's uh, Mookie Betts. There's yeah. There's, the Brewers have no all-stars right now. Closest you could do is Nervias, and you can maybe make the case. I could for Willie Adonis. He's been a beast. Christian Yelich is on the list, but is he having an all-star season? We actually have a, a message here from Twisted Salesman. He says, you should look. We should get the research department on this. You should look up this very interesting stat line. Yelich's numbers from this year compared to his MVP season of 2018, he is actually statistically better this year than what he started in 2018. Well, I'm going to have to get the research department on that. <laughs> so tonight, no Kyrie Irving. He is out with that ankle sprain. No James Harden. He's been out. He only played 48 seconds in game one with that hammy. Uh, boys, when it comes to just Kevin Durant carrying the load, um, this is clearly the Bucks series to win now, yes? And if they were to lose, it's going to be like just – then we got to do go Bucks for pucks. Got to ship them out. But this is this is the Bucks series to win now the, you can feel it, right? Everything has shifted. Yeah, it is now the bucks. So I have a interesting stat though, and I know it's regular season. Now in the regular season, the Milwaukee Bucks bested the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what was that two to one. But when it comes to the Nets themselves, when it was just Kevin Durant playing, Now I don't know how much stock he put into this, but injuries leaving just Kevin Durant as the lone remaining member of Brooklyn's big three. According to uh, the big four-letter network, Durant played in five games this year without James Harden and without Kyrie Irving. The Nets went four and one. Durant averaged 34 points per game and shot 63% from the field. Now, obviously, Kevin Durant has not been looking good uh, in the series. Once they switched to Milwaukee, he's been scoring points, but my God, the volume of shots he's been having to put up is insane. Are we nervous that Kevin Durant, the superstar that he is, could single-handedly take over and take down the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at the Barclays Center for Game Five?
1: I don't know why he couldn't. I mean, he's one of the best players in NBA basketball. Like he could do, he could. Would I? Would I expect him to? Not necessarily, because. Mm -hmm. The Bucs still have Giannis, who should be able to score whenever he wants in the paint. Mm-hmm. They still have uh, Brooke Lopez, who is once again going to be a rim protector and should be able to control stuff inside the paint. And I don't know, you still have Chris Middleton, who does get hot from time to time. He does. And you do have uh, Drew Holiday, who once again is an all-around player. Now, could Durant go off for one, one game? Sure, but to carry the, the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the series against a minimum of the quote-unquote <laughs> big three for Milwaukee. Yeah. That's a tall task for, it is. For, for any player.
0: And then when you put P.J. Tucker in the mix, P.J. Tucker, the last two games have been lights out guarding Kevin Durant in his face, so much in the fact that he got his uh, security guard kicked out of Milwaukee, but the security guard can be back Yeah, at the Barclays Center. He might
1: be on there during play this time. Yeah, P.J. Tucker
0: can get in the head of Kevin
1: Durant. Uh, we'll see how his defense get called gets called in Brooklyn. By the way, did you see that uh, Drew Holiday and Giannis both won first-team all-defense?
0: Yeah, first-team defense. Yeah, first team defense yeah team I, team. I, saw, I saw Holiday did. Damn, yeah.
1: Giannis on there too?
0: Yep. All right, well, if you have two first-team all-defense, then you should be shutting down, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a well, lot of people, especially well, Kevin Durant. Yeah.
1: Well, when the first-team all-defender and Giannis tried to uh guard Kevin durant that didn't, didn't go, go so that hot. didn't go so well for one of the first teamers but uh, PJ when you put Tucker. PJ Tucker on there the <laughs> the lesser athletic shorter older guy eh, somehow the little physicality started uh He's just
2: tenacious yeah.
1: well,
0: I think I think KD knows that if, if push came to shove Kevin uh if Push came to sub PJ Tucker is going to be the guy punching in the head, and yeah. Kevin Durant's going to be the guy laying in the parking lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
0: parking spot. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, Rowdy brought out Chris Middleton. I want to bring up comments here from Chris Middleton. He talks about wanting to see Harden and Irving on the court. He's wants the team at full strength. Uh, he's you know, I'll just let him talk. Here's Middleton. It's definitely,
2: we don't know um, what to expect with Kyrie. I mean, I, I definitely hope he's okay. Uh, same thing with James Harden. Those are two of the best basketball players in the world. Um, they create so much havoc, so much attention, uh, and they help their team um, so many different ways. So whether they're out there or not, we just got to compete.
0: Yeah, more from Chris Middleton saying they're not going to worry who's on the court. They just got to focus on their
2: game. We can't really worry about who's playing and who's not. But if those guys are out there, you know, we still got to lock into them. Still try to make it as tough as we can for uh, Katie and everybody else and, you know, try to uh, limit James and uh, Kyrie to, you know, what they do best.
0: Uh, let's see, Middleton also talks about, now they're talking about the officiating, right? Uh, the officiating has been, there's been a lot of calls in favor of Kevin Durant, right? You get the superstar calls, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Middleton talks about uh, adjusting to the
2: officiating. I would say, you know, from, from the offensive standpoint, um, we just have to play through whatever the whistle is. Um, if we feel like we're getting fouled and we're not getting the calls, um, then we just got to play through it. Um, be strong with the ball, play a little bit tougher. But on the defensive side, you do have to adjust um, to the whistle they call in, You know, a certain type of bump or you know, a certain type of armbar. You just can't do it.
0: <laughs> like uh, on the broadcast, Jeff Van Gunny losing his mind that Giannis was standing there at the Ram while Kyrie Irving landed we, on him. We but all Palana packets <laughs> elbowed in the face, bleeding. Nothing.
1: <laughs> we all know since like the '80s in NBA basketball that stars get calls. Yeah, like that. Like that's just a thing. That's yeah, just what it is. But. The difference is when you have the stars that are LeBron James, when you have the stars that are Kevin Durant, when they get all those calls in the paint, they make their free throws. <laughs> Giannis, <laughs> sure we, see, we complain that Giannis might not get every single call that those type of players get. Yep. But when you really take a step back and, and kind of look at the whole picture, does it really – help the Bucks if they got every single call for Giannis because he doesn't cash him in at the line.
0: I guess maybe get the other guys in foul trouble. But it,
1: it's six fouls <laughs> in yeah, the yeah, NBA. Yeah. If you fall out of the NBA, you don't deserve to wear the jersey. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, six fouls and it basically, basically lets you do whatever you want half the time or 75% of the time anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, Rowdy had it and gone in 60. Did you see that they're going to be changing? The uh, the NBA Competition Committee is exploring the rules to uh, restrict the unnatural. Like James Harden feeds off oh, of like – you that. get a guy to jump in the air, I and mean, then you kind of do this weird body contortion to throw the ball up. They're going to try and change that, I think. Well,
1: Honestly, you should.
0: Yeah. Well, Tom called in yesterday and said, like, well, I was watching for the first time in a while the NBA. It's not basketball.
1: It's not. Well, now they're going to have a real conundrum because when you have the guy going up to defend a jump shooter – And the guy's in the air, right? Yeah. But we know how sometimes they kind of jump towards where the guy is already playing defense and set. Yep. And you can't, or you have to supposedly let the jump shooter come down. Yeah. Well, now how's it going to go if the guy's set there, he somewhat jumps towards the defender and comes down in his space because that's kind of two rules that go against each other. Right. So now it's going to be become like a an an opinion call, and I could just see a lot of people blowing up about that. Check this out from the NBA's Competition Committee. There's
0: <laughs> check this out. There's a growing belief, a growing belief, that many of these maneuvers are contributing to a game where the advantage is slanting too much toward the offense. Gee, you think? Yeah. There's a there's a growing belief with uh you know GMs. Players, owners. Oh, I'm sorry, board of governors. The
1: growing belief. Yeah, it's it's not like the the offenses don't score a lot of points already. Right.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, if you're like setting records,
1: if you continue to give uh, the offense more and more leeway, pretty soon it's going to be like watching the uh, All Star game. Next, you're going to tell me there's
0: 180 a 180 gr- to 180. Brody, Next, you're going to tell us there's a growing belief that in the NFL, the off uh, there's a uh, rapture geared towards the offense succeeding. Huh. Really? There's a growing belief that you can't touch quarterbacks anymore in the NFL. <laughs> All right, so Kyrie Irving has been ruled out of the contest after an MRI confirmed that he did indeed suffer a sprain right ankle. James Harden still out, a strained hamstring. He had that in the first, what, 48 seconds of game one. So Coach Steve Nash uh, was proclaiming that he has, quote, no idea whether Irving will be available to play later in the Eastern Conference semis. Serious tied, obviously, at two apiece. Bucks have won back-to-back games now. Brooklyn won the first two. Bucks won the second two. So, Rowdy, speaking of this, uh, Steve Nash was saying, and I quote, I have to wait and see how it progresses. And then the experts would have to wait and see how it progresses and give you a clearer picture of what the window would be for his return. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that James Harden hasn't been back yet. That hamstring injury must be pretty tweaked uh, pretty good because it's literally just left to Kevin Durant now. Does that surprise you that Harden's not back? I guess that no, he's day to day, but that, those hamstrings linger.
1: Yeah, it just depends on what kind of a grade strain it was. Like if it was a bad one, I mean that could hamper Harden for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Now if it was like a slight one where it's like, all right, give me a day or two, he'd already have been back. Yes, so you'd you'd have to imagine that it's a worse strain. And then with the Kyrie Irving ankle one, obviously it's it's only been a few days since he he sprained it. But obviously announced not going to play tonight. But uh if that's a high ankle sprain, yeah, those are those, those are worse than breaks. Those last a long time. Now if it's just a little minor ankle sprain, I bet he's back for game, what would it be, six? Yeah. But but yeah. If that's a high ankle sprain and a bad grade uh, strain of the hamstring, good night, those guys, those guys could be hampered the rest of what would be the season, even if they played into the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah. So Steve Nash was asked about um, Giannis Adendicumbo's intentions. Okay. So Giannis, um, he came under the basket. Drew Holiday. Um, Drew Holiday was kind of guarding Kyrie. Kyrie went for a layup over Holiday. Uh, it was balls bouncing around in the rim. Giannis came in and crashed the paint in, uh, to grab the rebound. That's what you do in a basketball game, right? You grab a rebound, especially if you're a tall guy like Giannis. So Giannis <laughs> literally was looking up at the basket, waiting you know, to see where the ball was bouncing. Kyrie jumped up in the air and then came back down and landed on Giannis's foot. Giannis wasn't even looking at Kyrie's direction. Literally, Giannis was there to do what basketball players do when there's a missed shot grab a rebound. Steve Nash said he didn't want to predict. Giannis's intentions on the play, but he said it it, quote appeared to be awkward. Rowdy, Um, I'll have the full quote right here. (laughs) Well, real quick before I read the full quote from Steve Nash, when Kevin Durant goes up for a three, I know it was a lot in Game Two and some in Game Three, more in Game Two, no Game Three, excuse me. Like when uh, it was close and heated, like KD would go up for a three pointer and then. You know, P.J. Tucker, or Chris Middleton, whoever was there, you know, if there's a switch defense, whoever was there to help, they'd go up and they'd try to contest the three-pointer, right? Wouldn't, if Kevin Durant, one of the greatest shooters in the history of the NBA, if he was shooting the ball, wouldn't you put a hand in his face, try to, I don't know, guard him?
1: Well, of course.
0: So Chris Middleton, I think it was Chris Middleton, the play I'm thinking of in game three, or game, yeah, game three, came up and KD then came down and he like barely touched the foot. Of Chris Middleton and fell back, and I don't think there was a call on it. And Jeff Van Gundy was like up in arms about how this should be a flagrant run and, and yada yada yada, and how dare they get under the landing you know spot of a shooter, and then um, he just couldn't help himself saying that how terrible it was that uh, Chris Middleton's feet were there. Do you remember something like that? And then a little later, Chris Middleton uh, was going for a three, and then someone kind of did the same thing, guarding him, and then Van Gundy went on to say that Chris Middleton jumped in, was jumping towards the defender, and that it shouldn't be a foul. Well, now we're going on Giannis Dendekumbo of how it was awkward. It appeared to be awkward. And then Jeff Van Gundy on the broadcast was saying how Giannis should retroactively be given a flagrant one call for putting his feet Under where Kyrie was and uh, doing it and, uh, you know, hurting him, essentially.
1: Yeah, but... This is the the biggest nonsense ever. There's a lot of reasons why the people don't like the NBA. Mm -hmm. But here's one of them. Because they're a bunch of prima donna sissies. Can't really argue that. Like, you watched the video. Giannis didn't put his foot out and, like, measure up putting his foot under Kyrie Irving as he comes. He did have his back to him. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's the one that came crashing in. It's like, this is why, this is exactly why some people hate the NBA. You're a prima donna sissy and nothing's ever your fault. Maybe you shouldn't have crashed in like that.
0: It's, 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 just Jeff Van Gundy will go on and just tirade about how Giannis should have a, a flagrant one. But then, and I brought this up before, Pat Connaughton, Planet Pat, will get viciously elbowed in the face, bleeding everywhere laying on the baseline, and Jeff Van Gundy's like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, I don't follow there. Uh, that's fine. Okay, well, here's Steve Nash's quote. Now, Steve Nash is not on the Jeff Van Gundy train. He's more on the, you know, I'll just read it. Quote, I know he ended up getting under Kyrie while he was in the air. I think it would be a big stretch for me to sit here and say he meant to do that in any way. I don't believe that's the type of person he is, nor is what I believe what happened. It was an awkward and unfortunate moment. I like how they take... But yet they're still talking about it. They'll take Steve Nash's... I love how ESPN pushes their narrative, because this is from an ESPN article. They'll say, Steve Nash said that while he didn't want to predict Nakumbo's attention, it did appear to be, quote, awkward. And then you go find the actual quote where Steve Nash says, I don't think in any way Giannis was trying to do that. That's not the type of person he is, nor is it what I believe. But it was awkward and unfortunate. Yeah, it was awkward for Kyrie to land like that, and unfortunate to see him roll his ankle. I love how they just try to push the narrative that now it's like dirty for the Milwaukee Bucks. Irving then remained on the ground for several minutes as Nash and the team's athletic trainers attended to him. Oh my god. Well, here's the thing. Injuries happen in professional sports. Injuries happen in all kinds of sports. Rowdy... Uh, that's the one thing that is a constant in sports, right? Injuries. Injuries will always happen. So here's the thing. Nets have battled injuries all season. Durant has played in five games this season without Harden and Irving. In those games, though, when it was just KD, KD averaged nearly 34 points per game, and he shot an efficient 63% from the floor. I don't think Kevin Durant... Now, I think, I think KD alone can maybe keep the Nets in it, but I don't think KD alone can go out there and best the Milwaukee Bucks now if there's going to be no Kyrie and no James Harden for the rest of the series. It's now, for me, Bucks and six. Do you think, I, don't think, I don't think KD can take over this series in the playoffs when it matters most because P.J. Tucker's in his head. He's not shooting the ball very
1: well the past two games, and
0: he literally has no one else to rely on because everyone else on his team can't hit shots either.
1: My expectations coming in with a, with a healthy both teams being healthy was uh, Brooklyn in 7. Yep. Reevaluated it thought after those first two games, it was Brooklyn in probably 5. <laughs> yep. And then reevaluating it now with the injuries, I think Kevin Durant for one game can win the game by himself, can beat the Milwaukee Bucks and uh with how the Bucks play so I would so one, go. With, you can give him what you would
0: give KD one game. Yeah, to take over.
1: No, it's not like we haven't seen a superstar take over a game and beat you know say three. Like look at what LeBron James did in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors. It was like him and Matthew Dellavedova <laughs> and a bunch of other little clowns versus the Golden State Warriors. was a different series. And I guess. he won. But is KD as good as LeBron? Especially that LeBron that year. Yeah. Uh, Probably not quite to that level. But uh, I think he's good enough for one game. I don't think he can do it for a full series. My new evaluation would be Bucks and seven.
0: Bucks and seven. Rowdy's newest evaluation. I'm going Bucks and six. I can feel it down in my plums. It's crazy how much this has shifted. Last week, last week on this day, last week, last Tuesday. We were calling for the heads of literally everyone as the Bucks got blown out by 39 points. My, 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 to quote Michael Scott, how the turn tables turn. As now it's looking like Rowdy's newest evaluation, Bucks in seven. I'm 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 back on Bucks in six, baby. Let's go. Uh let's see here. Dominic messaged me at Ebo says my Twitter account. What's up, Dom? What teams did KD beat in those four games and the one loss? KD is a big ass. Baby. Uh, I'll have to get that. They just have him shooting uh, 63% from the floor, averaging 34 points per game. And then also, let's see here, Brooklyn won those games by an average of 9.4 points. Again, though, that was the regular season. And, Rowdy, what do we know about the NBA in the regular season?
1: Some teams care. Other teams don't.
0: Chris Middleton even once said uh, before the Lakers uh, Lakers game early in the regular season, we don't care what we do in the regular season. It's all about the postseason for us.
2: There
0: you go. Game five tonight, Barclays Center. Battle in Brooklyn. 730 tip. We had the story months ago before the season had started. They were going to start cracking down on uh, illegal substances, hence You know, the sticky stuff, the pine tar. They don't want sticky balls in Major League Baseball. Trevor Bauer was the first guy to really get uh, jammed up by the new position, the MLB narc, who literally their job is to look at what the pitcher's doing, check their balls, their baseballs. If there's anything that they seem or deem to be kind of weird and inaccurate and uh, seem a little shady, a little fishy, they'll take said balls. They'll send them to a lab and then they'll look at spin rate, k rate, all kinds of advanced analytics. They'll test the balls and then they'll come back to be like, "Hey, we noticed that there's uh, an illegal substance on here." Naughty, naughty, shame, shame. So, Rowdy, it is now out the Major League Baseball crackdown on illegal substances. Will include, ready for this, a 10-game suspension for violators starting June 22nd. Every substance will be punished the same, whether it's spider tack or pine tar. Per the report, a 10-game suspension if you are caught with a wee little bit of pine tar, or anything of that matter, uh, on your baseballs, what do you think of that, dude? Ten games? Ten games? Yeah, so basically two starts. Yeah.
1: What do you think? See, there's... Uh, I'd have to do some math here.
0: Uh, I'm going to go look up the exact rules here. Let's see here. So, all right, here's uh, the latest report indicates that Major League Baseball's plan will be the league-wide crackdown. Umpires will search starting pitchers at least twice (laughs) and relievers at least once during games. Umpires can check any part of the uniform or skin showing on the players, and in order to keep with pace of play concerns, routine checks will only be made during commercial breaks. So if a pitcher is suspected of uh, use at any time, a check could take place during the inning, commercial break like they said, and if a substance is found, the pitcher will be ejected on the spot and anything with the substance on it will be taken by the Major League Baseball narcs for examination.
1: So if they're really trying to cut down on this, like they, you would say that Major League Baseball after the steroid era was really trying to cut down on steroids, now, PEDs, Justin, yeah. and everything like that, where all of a sudden it was your first... Your first um, positive test for a PED it was half a season Yeah, and then it was a full season well if you extrapolate a starting pitcher because most of the guys that have come up on this on these lists have been starting pitchers they get about 32 ish starts a uh, a season yep I mean so if you get suspended once for it two starts that that's less than 7% that's less than 7% of your starts uh huh well, if you multiply that out by 162, if that was a uh, position player, it would be like getting suspended like roughly 10 games Yeah, throughout the 162-game season.
0: So it's nothing crazy. Well,
1: Exactly. It's nothing crazy. If you really wanted it out of the sport, like you really wanted PEDs out of the sport, wouldn't you make that a lot worse of a... Of a
0: yeah. You'd hammer down on them hard.
1: Exactly. Not... Not... Not just a
0: slap on the wrist. Two
1: starts or ten starts for a a little, little tist position player. So I mean, the position player first PED one was or or pitcher was half a season.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of nothing.
1: Th- this is literally less than two weeks.
0: So. How about that though when I say the um, they say the umpires will search starting pitchers at least at least twice and relievers at least once and check any part of the uniform or skin showing on the players and then they can do it anytime they want and if they do find something you're automatically ejected I feel like
1: it's I feel like it's kind of um like how they've handled some other questionable things in major league B- baseball before. They want to kind of put it out to like the public and the fans that they're doing something about it but they're really not doing much about it.
0: Yeah, they're just kind of doing like a dog and pony show a little bit. Like, hey, look at us. We're doing something, kind of. Exactly. Uh, the umps also can check the gloves of position players if it's suspected they are doctoring the balls for pitchers. Uh, let's see here. By way of reminder, rule 6.02C7 says the pitcher shall not have on his person or in his possession any foreign substances. The pitcher may not attach anything to either hand or, or any finger or either wrist, including Band-Aid, tape, super glue, bracelets, etc., The umpire shall determine if such attachment is indeed a foreign substance for the purpose of Rule 602C7, but in no case may the pitcher be allowed to pitch with such attachment on his hand, finger, or wrist.
1: Yeah, now all of a sudden you're going to see pitchers with long hair like Corbin Burns because they're going to be uh, having the grease in the hair.
0: The the all-natural greasy hair, baby. Oh, your start's coming up in a couple days? Guess what? I'm not showering. (laughs) You see, yeah, I'm a little stinky. It's just, I'm superstitious. I don't watch my jock, okay? Or I don't wash my socks. Actually, I just don't wash my body because I need the, uh, the greasy hair. Corbin, watch Corbin Burns just come out there. Look, he's like starting to form dreads. He's just like some dirty hippie out there. Starts running his fingers all through his hair before every pitch. What's next? Are the umps going to come out with a razor? Make him Corbin Burns shave his head
1: in between commercial breaks?
0: Hey, we noticed some illegal substances in your hair, dude. It's
1: like, what do you mean? That's all natural, baby. That is all natural. It'd be a lot better than uh, Michael Pineda when he tried to hide it on his neck, which I don't even know if he was really trying to hide it. I don't think he was trying he to was, hide it. It was just clear as day on his neck. Pretty soon they're going to ban uh, long hair from the majors, and then you know what we're going to get
0: back, Rowdy? You ready for this? The soul patch. <laughs> the flavor saver.
1: Hey, we saw, we saw a soul patch yesterday. We did. Golfing
0: out at uh, Beautiful Hawks Landing. This dude was rocking one hell of a soul patch. It's Like he was uh in baseball in the early 2000s or in some kind of like a uh, new metal band
1: <laughs> I don't think he played baseball.
0: I don't think he was in a new metal band either Looks like he was a he could have been like a uh like a massage therapist rowdy maybe massage therapist, maybe a yoga instructor or karate master karate master he definitely had his black belt and something this guy. Uh, <laughs> just could you imagine the pitcher coming out like Bronson Arroyo? Who else had a mean flavor saver? Um, David Risky,
1: David Risky. For, the, for the Brewers, Doug Davis for the Brewers.
0: Imagine, imagine like Corbin Burns, like they make him cut his hair because of all the grease in there that's like illegal substance. Then Burns comes out with this flavor saver, uh, the soul patch. And every time he eats, he just leaves it all in there. He's just rubbing his, his hand on his face on that soul patch before he pitches. Comes the nasty
1: pitch that'd be hilarious. Or it's like um have you ever seen like or use like shoe polish? <laughs> yeah. They use a very fine shoe polish and that's they actually paint on their beards.
0: No, they make that like Burt's beeswax or the yeah. stuff for your beard. Yeah. yeah. Uh all of a sudden there's going to be like a new sponsorship in major league baseball for Burt's, you know, beeswax. You know, you have all these pictures of big beards, long hair, haven't showered in days cuz they're trying to look for a little the advantage. So they're talking about here um They'll 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 take these balls of the lab and then they'll look at their spin rate, their K rate, everything. And if their spin rate and K rate start going up like unexplainably, inexplicably, they'll 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 investigate and hammer down.
1: So it was it was one of the brewer games that I was streaming and I was on the opposing team's stream and they were talking about this rule. Yeah. And one guy one of the guys on the broadcast threw out a scenario where he goes, Well, what if I had a guy because they were referencing Corbin Burns. Mm. What if I had a guy like Corbin Burns who just fell apart and we send him back to a pitching lab and he he finds something and all of a sudden he added like 300 RPMs to his slider, whatever whatever the guy said. I don't remember exactly. And now is he going to have to be like retested? Are they going to have to recalibrate all of his numbers? Because like what are we doing here? And then the other guy fired back with, Well, it's extremely hard to all of a sudden do that. Yeah. Which which is true, but but both could be true. Because look at um look at Freddie Peralta. What do we know of Freddie Peralta for pretty much his entire career except for the last couple of years? Fastball Freddie. Exactly. And seventy five percent of the time he's throwing a heater. He threw Give him the heater, Ricky. An all right curveball and had somewhat of a changeup. Yeah. But it was basically his fastball. Mm-hmm. Well, now what if he goes in the off season like he did Two years ago when he started working on that slider and now has perfected it going into year two of that slider. That slider would have had to have been, I guess, relooked at. Mm-hmm. Because if you looked at a attempt at a slider from Freddie Peralta three years ago, yeah. it looked a hell of a lot different, different than, than it, it looks now. right now. Totally.
0: So they have stats here. Speaking of your stats and the advanced analytics. So Major League Baseball cracking down on this illegal substance and pitchers, obviously we see often spiking as well, but they have this right here from uh, Travis Swarczyk of The Score reports that through, now Saturday, the weekend that just happened, 67.2% of Major League Baseball's pitcher pitchers has had a reduction in spin rate since June 3rd, and that 36% of them saw a significant reduction. So Major League Baseball has told these guys punishment is coming starting June 21st, and they have the MLB Narcs out in full force looking at pitchers, looking at what they're doing, if there's anything on their body, their uniforms, what their spin rate, their K rate is. And since they've been unveiling this throughout the year, the young season, 67.2% of Major League Baseball pitchers had a reduction in spin rate since June 3rd, and 36% of them saw a significant reduction. It is and you pretty, see and you see offense going up.
1: It is pretty wild. Now I wonder if, the if that uh, also would wonder how that would coincide with the weather getting warmer. True. Just because you do know that uh, runs start to happen more once you get into the the real days of summer, where it's becoming more hot, it's becoming more humid, and the ball likes to fly a little more. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd wonder what that does to spin rate, though. I'm not exactly sure.
0: Yeah, so they also say Major League Baseball suspended four minor league pitchers after they were caught using illegal foreign substances to doctor their baseballs. And then also offenses on the rise. The league batting average this season has hovered around 2.36, but in the past week, since they've been cracking down more and more on this and that punishment's coming June 21st, so the league average batting average hovered around 236 in the past week. Two teams are hitting over 300, four teams are hitting over 290, nine are over 270. And fourteen are over
2: (laughs) two fifty. Wow! Do you remember? That's kind of crazy. Do you
1: remember before all the Astro cheating stuff came out? But it was like that. It was that year. I think it was the same year where Justin Verlander was um, calling out Rawlings Mm -hmm. and Major League Baseball for changing the baseball. Yep. And I think it was the same year where all of a sudden you had opposing teams saying something was up with the Astros that year and their pitching staff. Because if you remember correctly, you had Justin Verlander who was having a renaissance year after um, being traded from the the Tigers to the Astros. And all of a sudden the guy is like the old Verlander. And then you had Garrett Cole who was really amazing. And the biggest one, like because we knew – or everyone knew that's a, ca- a casual fan that Garrett Cole is good. Garrett Cole was good before the Astros. Garrett Cole has been good yeah, post it's no, Astros, it's a no
0: brainer.
1: S- same thing with uh, Justin Verlander. He was good before the Astros. But the big one for me that was like hmm, mm-hmm. with like his numbers it was Lance McCullers and that was the guy that all of a sudden, going into that uh, season, his spin rate was off the charts. And they were talking about how some of his pitches, the spin rate has just continued to get better and better. That was back during that season. Well, then it turned out, well, the Astros on offense were doing a lot of cheating. <laughs> but uh, Hey, where's that trash can? I got a bang on it. We talked about that Angels employee that was fired. Long-time Angels employee. And on his list of guys were Garrett Cole, who was obviously on that team, was Justin Verlander, who was obviously on that team, and it was a lot of other vets that um, you would say were good in the past but had a little bit of dip as they got older and then all of a sudden found it again. It was kind of a pattern. Garrett Cole's on that. Lance McCullers doesn't necessarily fit that same narrative of being really, really good having a dip as he got older and then being really good again. But he was on those Astros teams and kind of came out of nowhere, especially in, in that season where his spin rates were all of a sudden off the charts from where they were the year before. Yeah. So that's why I guessed him when we had some of those names. And, I mean, to this day, when you look at it, those have those are the guys. Those seasons have been some of McCullers' so, better seasons. Real
0: quick before we hit break here, I, I pulled up. His name's Bubba Harkins. He's a longtime – well, he's fired now – longtime manager with the Los Angeles Angels. And he is the guy that was literally taking like a Coke can, putting in a bunch of different substances, and then lighting a fire under it and making his own sticky substance. He would give it to, obviously, his own players and all kinds of people around the league. Uh, on his list of names, Max Scherzer is on there. Garrett Cole is on there, and Rowdy, there, here's a little expert from Garrett Cole, a text message that was acquired. Uh, Sports Illustrated you know, put it out there, and this is from Garrett Cole. Here's the message from January 2019. Hey, Bubba, it's Garrett Cole. I was wondering if you could help me out with this sticky situation. Winking emoji. The stuff I had last year seizes up when it gets cold. Can you come up with, or do you have a mix that will play better in cold weather? And he responded, hey, Cole, the only thing I think I can do is put more tar in it and less Moda stick. I'll play around with it and see. Huh. Why, Rowdy, why would he want
1: stuff that, that that is better in the cold weather? You know what I find incredible? What? Is it because he's not in Texas? When, they, when a lot of these pitchers have been named, like the Garrett Coles, even Max Scherzer, who's been really good for a really long time, Justin Verlander's. There's one name that never, ever, ever seems to come up, and it just becomes more impressive as more of these better pitchers in the past decade continue to be named, mm-hmm. and it's Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. And it just really shows how good Clayton Kershaw actually is to not be on these lists. Because if you remember when Clayton Kershaw, I believe he got to the big leagues around 20 or 21, and he was throwing absolute smoke. And he's a 100% re developed and, and retooled his game into a different pitcher once he lost his velocity, and he's still good. Yeah, but
0: Brandon Woodruff knows how to hit a dinger off him in the NLCS. How about that? But to use a day from
1: Monona line, the Brewers didn't win anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, real quick. <laughs> the Dodgers still won the yeah, series. I know, I
1: know. I, just, I try to forget.
0: All right, so Garrett Cole responded back. Uh, two weeks later, Bubba Harkins who mailed Cole a made-to-order canister with more pine tar and less moda stick than usual. Garrett Cole allegedly, well, this is the text messages, messaged Bubba Harkins back there who made it, thanks, Bubba, you the man, with an okay hand sign emoji. I don't know Garrett Cole is a racist. (laughs) All right, there we go. The sticky icky in Major League Baseball. Man. They're cracking down. It's crazy. All welcome right, we'll come right yeah, back. We-
1: weird. He played for the Pirates and not the Cubs.
0: Uh, huh? The Cubs would have been shaking to their core. We'll be right back. Abandoned for life. All
1: right, real quick on this uh, sticky ball
0: situation here for Major League Baseball. Kind of at the epicenter of this is this trainer, uh, manager Bubba Harkins. Long time, tw- over 20 years with the Angels. And he was the guy that's been cooking up this, uh, this substance, this sticky icky and kind of just distributing it throughout the league. I mean, Garrett Cole's on the list. Max Scherzer's on the list. Rowdy, it's funny. When I told Rowdy about the story a couple months ago, he's like, I asked him to guess the pitchers. You, you, you nailed almost all them. Yeah, I was hitting at like a 75% clip. You're like, oh, let me guess. The guys who were really good early in their career then had a dip and all of a sudden got good again. And you were like, this person, this person, this person. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep.
1: You were nailing it, Rowdy.
0: Uh, I don't think we saw any Milwaukee Brewers on the on the list, by the way.
1: Yeah, because until this year, <laughs> for the most part, their starting pitching was never good. Uh, so either they uh, weren't good with Bubba Harkins of the Angels or Bubba Harkins like, dude, I don't care about you.
0: Well, check this out. Bubba Harkins, uh, who is now suing the Angels in Major League Baseball, uh, so a lot of information is starting to come out. God bless FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. As uh, Harkins, There, th- th- this is an actual – Um, Harkins recalls what happened when he was showing it to another guy of how to make it. Uh, Harkins was asked for a utility knife, rosin, liquid pine tar, and a Moda stick. He then showed another individual how to saw off the can's lid with the utility knife, then combine the ingredients, the Rosin, liquid pine tar, and the stick, And then you had to have a lighter as well. So once you saw it off the top of the can, put the three ingredients in, you, like you're a crackhead, hold a lighter under the bottom to melt the contents before then pouring it into a three-ounce tin to re-harden. Harkin said, quote, it's like taking ketchup and mayonnaise and making Thousand Island dressing. (laughs) He said it's three simple ingredients that every clubhouse has. Look at this, Rowdy. This is crazy. I mean, I mean, actually, it isn't it's not that crazy. It's very believable. In fact, we've known this is going on forever, right? Like this is. Well, we talked about in you bas- just, when you just break it down, like it's like Heisenberg and Jesse Pinkman going at yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: mean, we we talked about in baseball how like the record books go back to like. Well, I think the official ones that they keep are 1893 for the most part. Yeah. But we saw that they actually started keeping stats. And was it 1872
0: or three Something crazy like that?
1: It was something like roughly 10 years after the Civil War. The only thing that goes back in baseball, as long as like the record books and the rules and everything is is cheating. Bingo. Or at least people attempting to cheat. Yeah. It's the nature of the sport. It's it's. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Like, people always talk about how, well, and th- these are like older people. Well, <laughs> you know, like back in the day, you had guys like Willie Mays and, and Babe Ruth, and and they named like some of the all-time greats.
0: Man, Mickey Mantle and they, was my favorite. They didn't
1: take steroids, and they didn't cheat. Well, actually. You ever heard of Greenies? Willie Mays is on record of saying he took amphetamines. Yeah, Greenies. <laughs> Like And that was a guy that played, obviously, starting back in the late 50s to, what, early 70s? Let me ask, do you care? Um, Babe Ruth actually admitted to, I believe it was injecting himself with goat sperm <laughs> or sheep sperm. Was <laughs> he
0: friends with Dave from Minota?
1: Because he thought it was going to give him a- uh, added <laughs> strength. I'm not kidding you. That was funny. There, like, there's a lot of random weird things that people have done to try and find an edge, especially in the sport of baseball. Could you imagine? And it's only going to continue. Could
0: you imagine if all of a sudden you heard one of your favorite players of all time has been suspended for injecting himself with goat sperm? Like, what's wrong with you, dude?
1: I think we can all say that science has come a long way in over 100 years. (laughs) I think so. And so was, uh,
0: I guess, cheating. Well, check this out real quick before we hit the break here. I want to give you one more little look into this Bubba Harkins Yeah, guy. but has
1: it, though? It's, it, it's three think, ingredients. Yeah, but do you think cheating's really come that far? It, it's Stealing just, signs, banging on a trash can, three ingredients, pine tar, It's rosin, just become less obvious. Yeah, people, get, people have gotten better at hiding it. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, back in the day, they used to have, like, tacks in their gloves when they're cutting up on the ball. <laughs> yeah. Now – You know, maybe they're they're having it something inside on their cap, or Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. It's it's, it's harder for someone to see under their collar or something. Or it's like, well, I, you know, need a little substance to uh, help doctor the baseball so that I can maybe throw it with a little bit more spin. Hold on a second. While I'm on the mound, let me spit right on the ball and then throw it. (laughs) Yeah, that's not allowed anymore. Now yeah. they have to hide it. <laughs> like, the spitball's been outlawed.
0: So check this out when it comes to cheating. The Bubba Harkins, the guy who's at the epicenter of all this with the sticky substance and Major League Baseball cracking down. So Harkins was an Anaheim resident since childhood. He'd been a teenage bat boy for the Angels before dropping out of community, community college in 1986 to join the team as an assistant clubhouse attendant. That's when he spent almost as much time around the sticky stuff as he have around baseball. He says his words, and I quote, I unloaded for 38 years all the visiting players' bags. They were loaded gloves, loaded hats, other jars of stuff that people have made, and I just open them up and go. He did that. He said, huh, that's pretty good. For years, other people other than me were helping players to get a grip on the ball, too. He was just the next in line to take up the mantle. He unloaded sticky stuff, whether he made it or not. It sounds a little weird.
1: For 38 years in Major League Baseball, from his own team to the visiting Well, team. you can even ask some of the opposing players, and you, you'll you even get the opinions from some of the batters that they're okay with these guys having these substances because a lot of them claim that it helps them uh, hold the baseball. Yeah, so they're and not and like it, plunking dudes in the face. Yeah, it, it helps them with control. Uh-huh. And... I guess some of the batters thinking is, well, especially if guys are throwing harder and harder every single year, I'd rather that they have control over the baseball than taking a 98 mile an hour fastball to the dome.
0: Let's say uh, all this Chapman's up there rowdy. He's
1: a flamethrower.
0: What's he hit? Like one oh, 101,
1: 102 on the gun? What's
0: the thing? He's, he's gotten hit clocked at
1: 103. Oh, was it 103 or 104? Yeah. What do
0: you want an Aroldis Chapman up there who can hit 103? Do you want him with the sticky stuff on his hands or without the sticky stuff on his hands? I'd say sticky. I'd, I can, can, can we make sure he's got sticky stuff on his hands? I don't want
1: to take that to the dome. Yeah, and, and if he does throw at you on purpose, if you can get up from it, I'm coming at him with my bat. <laughs>